Welcome to the EFM Morning Brief. Uh, We hope this is a quick way for you to get up to speed of the latest news and also find out what's coming up today at the market. My name is Wendy Mitchell. I'm a film journalist and consultant, and I'm happy to be your host. Today, we're joined by special guest Thomas Schultz, who is editor of Blickpunkt Film. Welcome, Thomas. Hello, Wendy. Thanks for having me. Great to see you. Um, I'm just wondering, obviously, you know, we're only maybe midway through this festival and this market, um, but what's your impression maybe of the overall mood? And then after that, I'll ask you about maybe some films. Well, first off, I think everyone's happy that the Berlinale is actually happening uh, in Berlin with public screenings and uh, as a real festival uh, as opposed to last year. So yeah, I wanted to ask you about some films. Are you hearing good buzz about any particular titles? Are there things you're really interested in? Well, um, the, the, the one title that uh, at least as far as I can tell, and the people who I talked to before the festival, I mean, the, the one movie that people were, were waiting for is the Andreas Dresen film, Rabie Kurnas versus George W. Bush, which is a long and difficult title, but uh, it kind of reveals itself while you watch the film. Um, in Germany, people were looking forward to the film because uh, Andreas' last movie, Gundermann, was very successful in Germany. He had also done that with the same screenwriter, Laila Stieler. And uh, they are actually, I mean, kind of like appearing as a pair, which I find very interesting. It is their seventh collaboration. And uh, they're kind of like really feeding off each other. You cannot, I mean... Of course, she's the one who writes the screenplay, but um, he has kind of like the input into the screenplay, but at the same way, she's kind of like a presence while he's directing. So it's uh, it's very interesting. And and it is a very, very funny movie, which is... uh, very atypical, I would say, for Berlinale. So that was that's that's the big one. I think everyone was waiting for, and uh, I was kind of like looking forward to see a new Ulrich Seidel film. It's been, I think, six years since the last one when he finished his trilogy, and um, well, it is uh, Ulrich Seidel is still Ulrich Seidel. I mean, uh, uh, he delivers what you expect from him. So I think that's really good. On in general, I think it's a little. Uh, the official selection is a little less exciting than it maybe could be. Um, at the same time, you can really feel how much thought and um, taste went into putting it together. On the whole, I would say um, the most interesting bar is the the encounters sideline. Mm. Great. Yeah, that was something that Carlo Chatrian introduced when he took over Encounters. Um, what's the the thought? Does it feel, you know, from the German industry side, which I know you cover a lot, you know, does it feel like a strong year for the German film industry, either starting here at the Berlinale or, or later for the year? So it's difficult to say. I mean, especially because last year was such a banner year with uh, five German movies in competition and some really strong movies in uh, Berlinale Special Gala. So, I mean, that kind of like was uh, Germany being out in full force. And I had, I, my feeling was, or I had the sense that the industry was really 
happy and grateful to Carlo and Mariette that they had such a strong presence. So this year it's a little less strong. It's uh, two movies in competition. Um, and I think one bigger movie in Berlinale Special Gala. So it's a little more subdued, but I mean, it's a little more subdued here anyway. So, and I, I, I would say the, the, the titles that he had chosen are, are good titles, are, are interesting. And, you know, there's nothing that I, where I would say, well, how could he have missed out on this and that? I mean, it always depends on what's, what's on, on offer. Last year was, was uh, exceptionally strong. Hmm. And what about uh, deals being done? You know, uh, you're an industry reporter as well. So does it feel like German buyers are picking up new titles? Are they sort of waiting till maybe later in the market to, to do a lot of buying and selling activity? Uh, as far as I can tell, uh, I feel that most of them are still in sort of a holding pattern right now, which I think probably has a lot to do with the fact that there was such a long lockdown uh, last year, so a lot of films uh, have not been released, and so uh, most of the independents uh, still have a lot of uh, interesting titles. I mean, there's still uh, two competition titles from Berlin from last year lined up for for March and April. Petite Maman and What Do We See When We Look to the Sky? It was because it's going through the list. I mean, it's just for for March and uh, April. I think there's a, a seven or eight people from the Cannes competition from last year and at least four or five from Venice, which have not yet been released. So, I mean, the coffers are somewhat still full, so there's no need to go out and buy. So I, I guess it's more like, uh, let's see if we can find something. I heard that, that uh, DCM picked up Call Jane, I think, which um, a lot of people consider as a, a very strong title. And uh, well, we'll see if there's going to be more, more activity. Yeah, for sure. I think you know it's it's too early to say um, because people yeah. have a lot more viewing to do for the for the rest of this week. Um, have you been able to tune into much of the EFM sessions online, or is there anything that you're looking forward to catching up to there? I'm usually not the guy who does uh, look at the most of the market stuff, so. I could not really say that, but what I can tell you is that uh, some of the producers I talked to and also some of the buyers, um, they felt like they're really um, happy with the way the market is being conducted, although it has to be done digi digitally. I mean, they really feel it is uh, maybe for them the most uh, important centerpiece of the Berlinale, which I think was always the intention that the, the, a lot of the festival is being fed by the market. And I think, it's the, I think that's really happening. Great. That's really good to hear because, yeah, people, especially when we can't gather in person, it can become even more important to connect in the right way. So yes. any other thoughts so far about Berlin 2022? Uh, so, I mean, uh, hats off to Carlo and Mariette and everyone and uh, uh, to host the Berlinale as an in-person festival. I think that's so important. If there's one thing we have learned in the last past two years is, yes, it is possible to do digital festivals. At the same time, I mean, then they're not so much different from just sitting there and streaming Netflix. So, I mean, the festival is very much about the time and the place and how you experience the films and who you experience the films with. So um, 
I think it's a an important sign. It's a good sign for this year, and uh, from how things look, it may become easier along the way, and hopefully also for the Berlinale next year to just happen as a regular festival like Berlinale used to be, and we can go out again and party and drink beer and uh, celebrate the movies the way they should be celebrated. Great. Thank you, Thomas. Um, I, I'll go have an extra beer uh, in celebration. Uh, yes. But thank you so much for, for appearing on the EFM Morning Brief. It's been great to catch up. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Take care and have fun for the rest of the week. So it's Sunday, you might be relaxing a little bit, but I also know it's EFM weekend. So there are a lot of people out there connecting, networking this weekend. A lot of you have signed up for uh, one-on-ones or roundtables with experts, and I hope those go really well. Of course, the co-production market continues today. At four o'clock Berlin time, we have another country session, this one with the Philippines, Switzerland, uh, Brazil, the Netherlands, UK. At 5.30 Berlin time, um, it's a session called Balancing Act, Combining Private Investment with Co-Productions. I think that sounds really useful. At 5.30 Berlin time, more speed matchings. And just a reminder that all online market badge holders can get access to these sessions and those speed matchings through that EFM event schedule. Uh, and start planning ahead for Monday and Tuesday. That's when the CoPro market's going to present some of its uh, well-established formats. On Monday, that will be books at Berlinale. And on Tuesday, the CoPro series pitches. Some great stuff in there. And looking even further afield, on Wednesday, there's going to be a casting case study about the worst person in the world, now a multiple Oscar nominee, and that's presented with European Film Promotion. And if you're spending your weekend, want to catch up a little bit, you know, last week was very, very, very busy. Uh, just a few sessions to mention to catch up with on the EFM website. One is building up publicity, how sales agents spark off international distribution. Really practical advice there about how to build buzz for your film in the international market. Another one, uh, maybe selfishly because I uh, helped moderate it, was how can producers survive and thrive in 2022? This session had some great analysis from Guy Bisson at Ampere Analysis. And then we had a very honest and open conversation with two really great producers about how they are actually working in this new ecosystem. And they were Farah Abishwesha and Henning Kam. And a third one to mention on catch-up is monitoring inclusion. We definitely need a more equitable film and TV industry. And this session was all about how do we get the data we need to look at that? And then how do we use that data? So those are just a few to mention. Uh, thanks again for joining us at EFM Morning Brief. Have a great day and we'll see you again tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm.